Welcome back to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And we scour the earth from top to bottom to find thought leaders who can give you some really interesting ways of looking at business and looking at their careers. So today we talked to a genuine thought leader in many respects. Uh, the, the thing that I like to say is key to thought leadership is some aspect of generalism. So she's an artist, she's a business person, she's kind of seen it all. And I don't want to steal her thunder, but I, I encourage you all to listen to find out what she did with her thesis. So here's our interview with Tanya Moss. Well, really nice to see you, Tanya. And to start us out, really curious, gosh, how you got into fashion, how you got into jewelry. And I mean, before any of the stuff you're used to talking about. So way back to, were you the kind of kid that would like bite on your mom's necklaces? And when did you first get into uh, jewelry and fashion? Pretty much. I think it was something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, ever since I was in at school, you know, I would be painting all over my books and I would always end up at the, uh, at the principal's office because they would say that I'm not paying attention. But what happened is that I could really not pay attention if I wasn't drawing. So in then, back then, I really thought I was going to be a fashion designer. And when it came to, to decide, uh, well, I also had one thing that with my grandmother. I would go into her closet and dive in all the time. Like every Saturday we were there, I was into all her stuff and put all on all of the jewelry and always when i would have some money to show to go shopping uh, i would save some money for accessories always so that's what what i have in my mind as a you know as a big memory and then when i tell me them no i was gonna ask so your grandma had a bunch of jewelry did she was she really fashionable and she wore jewels oh, yeah. and yeah, she was a big time jewelry fan. She was all the time, you know, my grandfather used to, uh, you know, really pamper her a lot and go buy her stuff. And it was fun because for me, it was like an adventure to to go and, and look into her stuff and find new things and, and see new ways of, to combine and, and to find myself in her jewelry. But what happened was when I decided to go into school, into my BA, I decided I wanted to go into fashion. But one thing that I knew very clear was that Mexico wasn't ready to have a fashion designer, you know, schooling and really something interesting as of the way I was, I was looking at myself growing. And when... I had a chance, so I decided to go into graphic design to have a like a broader spectrum and to be more, you know, have more uh, experience in everything. And then by the second semester, more or less, 
I started finding out there was uh, an exchange program. And uh, that's when I said, I'm there. So I applied. And what happened, one, one thing that happened interestingly, because now it's so different nowadays than it was back then. I'm, tell, I'm talking about uh, 20, 27 years ago, more or less. So it's been a long time. So I applied for an exchange. They gave me, you know, a whole list which I could choose from, which I obviously I chose Los Angeles or Washington or New York. And they assigned me to Southern Illinois University. So I didn't know anything about that university. But when I started studying what I was going to get into, I... I discovered they had an amazing jewelry program, one of the best 10 schools in the whole country to go into jewelry and had amazing teachers, amazing, amazing teachers. I, one, one interesting story before I went into that exchange, I went to, I sat down with my parents and with my father. I said, I'm going for an exchange. And my father said, no way you go to your master's. But you don't go in the middle of your career. I said, well, if you don't help me, I will find someone who will. And who helped me? My grandparents. My grandparents are the ones that gave me the money. They believed in me. They strongly felt that what I was telling was truthful, that I didn't want just to go abroad to waste my time. And I went to the school and I really loved it. I... I really loved the experience of uh, being Mexican, studying abroad in, in the U.S. It was an amazing experience. So I, after I did a year uh, in, in Southern Illinois, came back to Mexico, already knew what I was going to do the rest of my life. It was clear enough. That's awesome. So, Tanya, let me ask you, do you remember what was the first piece of jewellery you purchased? And do you remember what was the first piece of jewellery you sold? Wow. I think I purchased, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, a fashion jewellery, nothing really important. Or maybe, actually, you know, I remember more going to the Mexican market and going and finding Mexican silver. Uh, that was more into the pre-Hispanic design type-wise. And I I really, I think I still have those pieces. If if I look thoroughly, you know, I'm going to go and look for them right after this (laughs) (laughs) call. But then the first piece I sold. To get my degree, you have to present a thesis. Yeah, or at least it was back then in the school I graduated from. And my thesis was the making of a jewelry brand and the experience, the exhibition, and how it was going to be packaged and presented. So for that thesis, I also had a connection and I had a gallery that offered you know, doing an exhibition on me. So I created a few pieces and the first piece was a necklace, a beautiful necklace. I was very much into into African art then. 
So it was a, an African art-based piece, a necklace that you would uh, part into and it would close very much like a joker-like. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you wrote your thesis on creating a jewelry brand and then you went out and did that. You created and a I jewelry brand. And I made it. <laughs> and you I made created it. My, my own jewelry. Yeah, so... Was your thesis accurate or did you have to change your thinking a lot along the way? No, my thesis was in, ended up being, I, I created the brand, which was under my own name. Mm-hmm. After my thesis, I already went legal and I hired all the, you know, all the people that I needed to, to make it real and to make it happen. And I started creating pieces in different workshops with different artists, more artisans, more than artists. Mm-hmm. And I started selling from house to house with a couple suitcases and, you know, maybe a gallery here and there. And, and that's how it all started. That's how I started my business. So do you miss that? Uh, I miss the selling from house to house. No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but you know, but but I, but I, I think I still do it somehow because uh, first, as I was telling you, I own uh, sixteen boutiques of mine and fourteen uh, storing stores in the department store. So I do go and visit those stores, and actually, I unless I have like an event or and and we do like a trunk show kind of event. I I visit the stores and I never tell the store clerk that I'm gonna go. So so I surprise my stores very often, and I love to stay so you're there. You're your own secret shopper. <laughs> yeah, and I love to stay there, and I love to take care of of the customers that come in because I do learn from the customers every time I have an opportunity to talk to one and to learn about, uh, you know, what made them come into my, uh, in, into my place, into a store that has my name. Uh, it's already a brand that's well known in Mexico and it's really, you know, well established. So I like to understand what brought them or how well they know the brand. And they always discover something new because, you know, I'm a talker. So I always love to get them involved with me. So I'm, I'm curious about a couple of things around your name, Tanya. The first is you have a very simple to remember name internationally. So I'm curious, were, were you born Tanya Moss? How did you come to that name? And the, the second question I'll ask you is about the butterfly. That's probably the more, that's the easier part. But I'm curious, yeah, how you became Tanya Moss, or is that is that what you were christened? You know, I yes, that's how I was christened. There's there's a few things. Um, my grandparents were born in Russia, Poland, Austria. They were Jews from Western Europe, and they came they came uh, you know running away from the war. By that time the doors for the U.S. were closed and that's how they got into Mexico. So that's how my family and a lot of, you know, likewise families from the Jewish community were established. So, uh, and then my, my parents met 
And yes, my name is Tania. And well, my father's my father's maiden name was Mosowis. But my my mother, when I was born, she was enlightened. And she said, I'm not gonna give this kid's hell over that name. So she just changed my name to she shortened the name to to Just take the front part. So yes, that's my real name <laughs> in all my documents. And I love it, you know. It's really neat. Did your grandparents then escape in advance of World War II uh, in the 20s, 30s, or when did they come? In more, more towards the, uh, yeah, yeah, more towards the 30s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so what was it like? That took me down a different path. What was it like growing up um, with a Jewish family in Mexico? What did you feel a difference? Wow, it's it's like living in a bubble. Because you belong to a community and you have friends within schools and you only know people from the community. But then when you go to the university, everything opens up and it just becomes, you know, your world multiplies by 1,000. I don't know. You really have new options, new friends. But it's very, it was a very warm place where to grow and a very loving place for to where where to grow and honestly i i think i have the luck and the you know the the big fortune of saying that i was raising to a peaceful and loving family i have another two sisters i'm the uh, oldest of three girls so you know, within all the bullying and all the stuff that you that every kid goes in their life, but honestly, mine was was a good a good platform to really release all my creativity. And and so on the monarch, the monarch butterfly that's in between Tanya and Moss in your your mark, my your, logo. your your logo. Of course, I mean the monarch is the most extraordinary animal. And in all of your work, what I was seeing is there's a, it feels like there was a cross. I was trying to figure out what, what it was, but it almost feels like it is where Europe meets South America meets nature, right? There's like a, there's this combination of factors. And obviously when you said you love African art, so it's, it's so many different, I guess, fusions uh, in your work. And I guess everything hinges on the butterfly. Well, the thing was, when I started the brand, I had another uh, another series of icons I was working with. I was actually very frightened of butterflies myself when I was growing up. Yeah. And one interesting thing was that when, you know, I developed the brand without the butterfly. And when I started designing more in 3D and making my own, my own work myself, the first thing that came out of my my hands, my fingers, was a butterfly, just a plain, simple, very abstract butterfly, which is the necklace I'm wearing, you, you can see it. And the idea was to first to understand why, when I was so frightened of something, I drew it. And... First, uh, you know, my, my mind takes me to your 
sometimes your worst fears can become your best friends. And that's one thing that I've always thought about my work and, and my different experiences that I've had in my life. And the other was that it was an invitation for you to understand the butterfly the way you see it. I might see it in another color. I might see it in another way that touches my heart. And then you see it in the way it touches yours. So I always like to interact with my art in that, in that way. And it's always present in my work, hidden a small butterfly. It might be hidden or it might be, you know, straightforward. And then in more or less in 2010, that's when I created the Monarch Butterfly. It was the celebration of, of Mexico, Mexico Bicentenary. So I decided to touch a few different themes that would, uh, you know, hold my Mexican culture. And that's when I created the monarch butterfly, and it's always it's it's always here. It's always present in the you know in the pieces, and it's it's here. It's, it's, awesome. it's everywhere. So Tanya, I want to talk about your business for a little minute. You went from selling door to door to now having, if my math is correct, about forty retail outlets. That's simply in Mexico, yes. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's in Mexico City and the other Mexican urban areas. Right. Have you given any consideration or any thought to expanding into the other North American markets or perhaps the European markets? And if so, if so, what has prevented you from going there? Well, a little bit of it's been always in my mind and I've been always going to different trunk shows and invited into, I've been invited to Bloomingdale's to the trunk shows and, mm -hmm. and there's um, my two sisters that I was talking about. One lives in New York, one lives in Washington, DC. So uh, I've always had different trunk shows over there. And the thing is that to manage retail is a very detailed business. You know, the operation is not mm -hmm. very simple. So I think maybe some of that has, you know, stopped me from, from me being, having the ability to, to be uh, in one place and then going to the other and maybe not finding the right partner because I, I know I can do it, but I know I have to find the right partner to do it. Actually, now in my business, I am part. I'm I'm partner with my husband. It didn't start that way, but it just the way it, it developed. And at some point in '98, that's when he became my partner. I had already two retail stores open. Okay, now I have one more question before I pass it back to Kent. You presumably did your own design and your own fabrication early on. Then you had artisans doing the fabrication. Now with 40 retail outlets, you probably can't get involved in that at all. I presume you're still doing the designs. How do you manage quality control and how does that impact your margins? Because one of the big advantages of my business model is that we are really 
specialize into the retail experience and into the design and into being able to create products. But we are not, we, I don't want to deal with owning a factory. I do not own a factory. I do, that might hurt a little bit on the profit, but it, it doesn't hurt on my peace of mind because it's just a whole different business. So uh, I do have maybe, maybe five very good business partners in the sense of they, they have the factory, they produce for me, they produce for uh, some other brands as well. And if they don't come up with the, with the quality I want, first, I don't accept the merchandise. Second, they lose my business. And I'm a very, I, I like to do business really decent. I like to be uh, uh, really uh, a decent person into the way I pay, into the way people make money from, from us. Uh, and that way makes me, you know, more free to choose. If I choose one design, if I create one special design, I know which is the factory that will be the best one to produce it. So my mind is more focused on the success of the design and of the retail needs of my stores and of the retail needs of my customers, actually, than, than on, on if it's Polish right or not Polish right. If it's not Polish right, it just doesn't come into my warehouse. That's awesome. So, Tanya, we like to keep these interviews fairly short. So I'd love to finish off with, you know, you are a very well-established uh, business owner. And as a woman in the world, uh, as a woman in, in Mexico or the United States, that's a really special thing to have that many locations, to be driving the business, to be, um, but also to, to be able to maintain a life and so on. So what, what, what would your message be to young women or, or uh, anybody, but especially young women who are trying to um, make it in business or be entrepreneurs or be outside the box a little? Well, I think to never take no as an answer because there will always be no's around you. Everything will be most likely a no. So you have to make sure you make that no, a yes. Second, to really choose your partners wisely. There's always going to be a partner around you. If not, may, it might be somebody that works for you or it might be a, a, a monetary partner. But you have to understand that you have strengths and you have weaknesses. So you have to look for the person next to you that covers your weaknesses and you have to work really big time on your strengths because that's going to take you big time further. Um, another thing is, you know, you have to network wisely. You have to use your time uh, in that sense uh, because you never know who, who you're sitting with and know who that person, who anybody that you might be talking to will take you to another level. And you have to help your surroundings as well. Uh, in my case, uh, there's there's many things involved into whatever we can talk about Mexico or not Mexico, but I am really 
thankful for what I've been able to make in Mexico and I'm ready to go to the next step. I'm ready to go to to expand to to the other markets. Actually, if you go to taniamosjewelry.com, you can shop online, you know, and have a very nice uh, experience shopping online and to do really nice relationships with the people around you. I think one of the things that that can really describe me is I like to to do business happily. So I really will find the best way to do business with somebody that I like and I'm really a pusher. So if I get my first no, I it just I just don't take it as an answer. I'm gonna give hell to that person until I get my my go ahead and my yes and i have really nice corporate uh, relationships as well well that was that was amazing that was fabulous thank you tanya where can people connect with you yeah exactly i was going to to tell you instagram is uh, you know it's an amazing place where you can find me with uh, tanya moss jewelry and also Tania Moss uh, Diseñadora, uh, which is like a Tania Moss designer. Just like, it's with a Y, with M-O-S-S. And uh, obviously with TaniaMossJewelry.com. In Facebook, Tania Moss Joyas. I know I, I should have used English, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I really like to, I love my language and I love to speak it. I also love English. <laughs> So for those who are potentially uh, speakers of Spanish, will you give a message there yeah. where people can find In you? In Spanish? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Vengan a conocer mi línea y mi marca, Tania Moss, que está con la mariposa y te va a hacer feliz a conocerme en Instagram por Tania Moss Jewelry y a Tania Moss Diseñadora. Eh, te van a enamorar de mi trabajo es joyería en plata y en joyería en oro y piedras preciosas. All right. Gracias. <laughs> you understood? No. no. <laughs> I, uh, three or four words only. Yeah. But I, I understood jewelry. That was very <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Thank you for talking with us. It's been such a pleasure. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tanya. It's so refreshing to speak with somebody who had a vision and did their study, created a thesis and followed that to success. That is a, a remarkable thing. And that's what really hit me. Although I do love your stories as well. Thank you so much for sharing. So I, I thought it was really interesting to kind of just look through her collection online and and see how those elements of African art and her family's background in Russia and Europe and as well as just growing up in Mexico extraordinary experience and then the, the stuff she was saying about fear and the, the butterfly being about fear but also you know it's obviously the beautiful animal that that we all love so really interesting and if you would like to check out some things about a couple of other animals uh, we've got a website i mean we are the animals in this case and you can see us in our natural environment on thoughtpartnergroup.com and if you look at the top right hand corner of that page there'll be a little button that says free assessment we'd love you to take a minute of your time fill it out 
we'll spend a minute or two and look at it and send you back a response. So start a business, do something important, stop looking at your phone, stop watching TV quite as much. I don't know, do something special, do something real. You got one life. Press subscribe below and write us a comment. We will read them. And we'll see you the next time.